All right. It's good to see you today. Hope that you had a great weekend and uh, looking forward to a wonderful week. It's hard to believe we're uh, less than a week away now from uh, July 4th, this coming Monday. Uh, man, summer is flying by. So I uh, hope that uh, your week is going going well. Uh, welcome to our Tuesday edition of our Journey Through Scripture. My name is Philip Thomas, pastor of Journey here in Elgin. And uh, we are continuing uh, to walk through a chronological um, a, a journey through the Bible. And uh, that that causes us some many times to jump around to multiple scriptures at, at once uh, on the same day. So today we're going to do that. We're going to um, read the book of Nahum, and then we're also going to read 2 Kings 23, 2 Chronicles 35 and 36, and Jeremiah 22. All right. And all of this is kind of uh, around the same time frame, talking about the same events. Um, so if you remember, we're getting close now. You can tell getting close to the end of the southern kingdom, the, the kingdom of Judah. Um, we've been talking about King Josiah. Today we're going to be talking about his death. Um, Josiah was a very good king, uh, but the damage has already been done with Ahaz and uh, the the people had already hardened their hearts, if you will, towards God. And uh, so it, it, it's just a matter of time now before Babylon uh, comes and uh, ends up uh, uh, completely taking over the country. Now, remember, uh, the southern kingdom has been in battles with Assyria. Assyria is the one who took out the northern kingdom. Um, they've had battles with them. Um, all of that has been going on. Um, and uh, there's one thing I really like is you, it, it's kind of hard to keep up with everything as you read through scripture. Uh, but these, but scripture happened and took place in historical events, right? Like there's, there's real life political intrigue and wars and rumors of wars and and political alliances all of that is going on it's not like this group of people was just set out by themselves uh to uh, to grow close to god and become this wonderful nation no it it happened in the the messiness of the world and and uh, and we see that the people are starting to rely on the worldly way of handling things of of making deals with other kingdoms rather than relying on god um, and, you know, we do the same thing. So Nahum is an interesting uh, prophet, and it, what he writes about is not necessarily uh, Jerusalem or Judah or the northern kingdom. Uh, he is writing about Nineveh and the fall of Nineveh. If you remember uh, Nineveh, you remember that from Jonah. Um, it, it was the capital city of Assyria. Um, it was a, a very powerful city. It's an ancient city. Um, and it was the capital of, of Assyria. And finally, uh, Nineveh does get, uh, overtaken. Uh, Mede and Babylon basically partnered up and they ended up, uh, taking, uh, uh, destroying the, the capital, destroy, pushing Assyria out of Nineveh. Um, and this, this basically led to the fall of, uh, of Assyria. And so Nahum is, is interesting just reading it because again, it does talk about the destruction of this town of Nineveh. Um, one of the things that kind of jumps out to me again is, you know, we, we do know from archaeology, from, uh, other historical documents, from Babylonian historical documents that Nineveh is a city that exists, right? And that Nahum is speaks directly about Nineveh, um, as, uh, that, that God is punishing Nineveh. And if you remember, 
the the prophets would say numerous things. They would warn, especially the northern kingdom. They would be warning the northern kingdom, hey, you're going the wrong direction. Uh, God is going to send his vengeance, and he's going to use others to do that. Uh, but then he would also, they would also say, but then they too will get their judgment, right? That, that all ultimately will be held accountable. And this is Nineveh's being uh, held accountable. So you can read through. It's just three chapters. Uh, a couple things just really in the first uh, chapter that jump out. You know, I, we do fall into the trap, I think, of just viewing God through this very pleasant, nice, loving, grace-filled lens. And we get really uncomfortable when it uh, you know, talks about God being uh being a, a vindictive God that he does uh, come and he he makes things right in ways that may make us uncomfortable. Um, but that doesn't that doesn't mean that uh, that's not who God is, that God is both good and loving, but he is also vengeful. He will hold people accountable. Right. It's a righteous vengeance. And uh, and we see that uh, verse two says God is jealous and the Lord avenges. The Lord avenges and is furious. The Lord will take vengeance on his adversaries, and he will reserve wrath for his enemies. The Lord is slow to anger and great in power and will not at all acquite the wicked. Um, and that's it's important. That, that should send a little bit of a chill up our spine that uh that god uh that that yes the the lord is slow to anger but he is great in power and he will uh make things right uh that people will be held to account for their sins um that's that's a a part of god that we cannot um, get rid of because it makes us feel uncomfortable you continue on verse six it says who can stand before his indignation and who can endure the fierceness of his anger his fury is poured out like fire and the rocks are thrown down by him and then listen to this it says the lord is good so it's been using this very inflammatory language says the lord is good he is a stronghold in the day of trouble and he knows those who trust in him but with an overflowing flood he will make an utter end of its place and darkness will pursue his enemies Right. I, I I love the the nuance here that two things can be true at once, that the Lord is good and he pours out his wrath. Right. Both of those things are true. And uh, and we, you know, I, I, I frankly, I want a God as I look out at the world around us and I see the evil that is there and the devastation that that evil brings upon so many people. Um, I want there to be a godly accounting of that. I don't want to be the one to to bring about vengeance because I will do it in a uh, in, in a human angry way, uh, where God does it in a uh, a just and a mighty way. Um, you, know, you continue to to read; it just talks about again the destruction of Nineveh, uh, the woes of Nineveh. Um, it just talks about uh, in ver- chapter three. It says a great number of bodies, countless corpses. They stumble over the corpses because of the multitude of harlotries of the seductive harlot, the mistress of sorceries, uh, who sells nations through their harlotries and families through her sorceries. Uh, Behold, I am against you, says the Lord of hosts. Um, uh, it says, I will lift your skirts over your face. I will show the nations your nakedness and the kingdoms your shame. Right? So that that he is going to reveal 
the ugliness of Assyria and, and that they will be held to account. All right. So that, that is, uh, the book of Nahum, those three chapters. Um, and then we're uh, about this time, uh, is when we have King Josiah, uh, and his death. So remember, King Josiah was a very good king. His death is very interesting. So read second Kings 23, kind of the end of that, uh, verses 28 through 34. And then second Chronicles 35 verse 20, uh, through 36 verse four. Uh, both of those talk about, uh, his death. Um, and what happens is, uh, you have, um, Babylon that is gaining in strength and, and you have Assyria that, uh, is, uh, is, is weakening. And Egypt is trying to partner with Assyria to fight Babylon. And even though e- Egypt has been an uh, enemy of Assyria, well, Egypt has also done things uh, against Judah. And so Egypt is actually, they're headed up to uh, meet with Assyria. And King Josiah decides he's going to go meet them for battle. And he ends up being killed in that battle. Um, we, uh, we see in, uh, Quran, uh, Chronicles, second Chronicles chapter 35, kind of what happens it says, uh, Josiah went out against him talking about, uh, the Pharaoh Necho, uh, the King of e- Egypt came to fight uh, and Josiah went out against him, but he sent messengers to him saying, this is, uh, the King of Egypt, uh, sending messengers to Josiah says, what have I to do with you, king of Judah? I have not come against you this day, but against the house which I have war. For God commanded me to make haste, refrain from meddling with God, who is with me, lest he destroy you. Nevertheless, Josiah would not turn his face from him, but disguised himself so he might fight with him and did not heed the words of Necho from the mouth of God. So he came to fight in the valley of Megiddo, and uh, he ends up being killed. And I th- this is this is interesting. You know, this isn't a words of a prophet, uh, but the Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, was telling him, "Don't don't do this. Just leave me alone. Just let us go handle our business." And but Josiah wants a battle, and it's it's like he he doesn't seek God in this. He just goes and does it, and it it's 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 interesting for Josiah being such a good king and has done so much. He's also still human. Um, and he go, you get the feeling he goes out and he doesn't pay attention. He doesn't heed uh, any of the warning signs. And God was even trying to speak to him through the king of Egypt, um, telling him, don't do this. But yet he does it anyway, and he ends up uh, dying. Um, then you have kind of an interesting uh, case. His son, uh, Jehoaz, becomes uh, king, but only for three months. Um, and then, uh, the king of Egypt captures him and brings him back to Egypt. Um, and then that leaves, um, uh, Eliakim, um, Jehoaz's brother. But then, uh, the king of Egypt changes Eliakim's name to Jehoiakim. Uh, and it's, it's interesting, which is just a slap in the face. So now basically Egypt, because of what Josiah did, 
the Josiah's son, the rightful king, has now been uh, basically taken prisoner uh, in Egypt and will not rule again. And Egypt has installed uh, the second son of Josiah and has changed his name. Just kind of a constant reminder of who is now in charge. Um, so you, you see that happening. And then Jeremiah chapter 22, uh, starting in verse 10. It talks about this. It says, weep not, weep not for the dead, uh, nor bemoan him. That's talking about King Josiah. Weep bitterly for him who goes away, for he shall return no more, nor see his native country. For thus says the Lord concerning Shalom, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, who reigned instead of Josiah, his father, who went from this place. He shall not return here any more, but he shall die in the place where they have led him captive and shall see his land, this land no more. Right, so that the, the rightful king has now been taken away uh, to uh, to Egypt. There in Second Chronicles chapter th- uh, thirty-five and verse twenty-five, uh, this kind of closes out the chapter on Josiah. It says Jeremiah also l- lamented for Josiah, and to this day all the singing men and the singing women speak of Josiah in their lamentations. They made it a custom in Israel, and indeed they are written in the laments. Um, right, so Josiah was was mourned, he was lamented, um, he certainly had a huge impact uh, on the the nation, and he delayed judgment for a little while. Uh, but now we are getting very close to Judah uh, enduring the judgment that God has promised. All right, so for Thursday, read Habakkuk, which is a great book, uh, Habakkuk, and then read Second uh, Kings 23, um, just a, a little bit of it, the end of that chapter. And then uh, in Jeremiah, we'll read Jeremiah uh, chapter 7 and 8, 11 and 12, and then 26. So the book of Habakkuk, then Second Kings 23, just a little bit of that, and then Jeremiah 7 through 8, 11 through 12, and chapter 26. All right, so we will see you on Thursday.